You're not giving me easy questions, man. I thought we're going to start with some casual conversations about, you know, marketing and what B2B SaaS companies. <laughs> nope, we're made, jumping in. You know, we're going so. for it. <laughs> You're going for it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 31 of B2B SaaS Marketing Snacks. I'm going to be giving the introduction for today. My name is Richard. I work on the product team here at Kalungi. Um... We're back. Sorry for the delay. Sorry for the hiatus. We've missed you all. We've missed doing the podcast. Um, the reason for the delay is really that we've been working super hard on Stein's new book, which is called T2D3, and unsurprisingly, is the topic of the episode today. So Stein has released a book, a wonderful book, which he's written alongside Mike called T2D3. The book is out now on Amazon, uh, both available on Kindle and in paperback. You can order it, you can get a physical copy. Um, and the episode that you're about to listen to was recorded right before the launch. We launched it on October 19th, so that was a very exciting day, and it's uh, it's been exciting since then. Um, and the book was really for you if you're curious about going deep on B2B SaaS marketing and really understand how to scale your business and achieve that unicorn status, all that jazz. So it's definitely something you should check out if that interests you. Um, but it's also just really a good read. Stein's got a lot of stories to share, and um, he definitely shares a lot in this book. So go check it out. Uh, you can check it out at t2d3.pro. Um, and without further ado, I think I'm just going to let Mike and Stein get into the conversation. Um, one note is that if you would please excuse the bad audio quality that uh, comes in about a minute in, I think it goes away about three minutes in. Um, we recorded with the wrong device, so please excuse that. But without further ado, here's the episode. Um, so we thought that we would do a podcast episode specifically talking about the book, what the inspiration was for it, and uh, I guess some more of the details, because we've kind of dropped hints, but we haven't really gone into a lot of depth um, on the podcast. So uh, yeah, I guess it would be really cool, Stein, if um, if you could maybe talk a little bit about what inspired the book in the first place, um, maybe about what the, the problem was that you first saw that kind of made you want to write the book and who it's for. Yeah. And kind of go from there. The first of the date is October 19. So that's when it will be... Uh shipping out to people either electronically or physical um i'm also trying to convince uh, mike for all the listeners uh, to do the audiobook um because of his nice booming vowel voice so that's, that will come <laughs> at some point too probably read partly by both of us why why this book mike yeah it took about probably four or five years to write and people some of the people listening to this podcast people who've signed up for early access have probably gotten a little impatient with us keeping postponing the date and it's partly because we keep adding insights and new things we learn partly because of the podcast we're doing and the feedback we're getting so it's work in progress and i also imagine there'll be a couple of other books following but why this one and and what and who's it for what's it for t2d3 was i think created as a as a concept about i think it's 2018 2017-ish about five years ago i had left microsoft in 2012 and then did two startups acumatica and 
the cloud ERP company, and then Mitico, which was a B2B SaaS startup, but it was really a pivot from a traditional software company called Infratel. And both were under that 10 million ARR uh, milestone when I got there and I got them up closer to that 10 million milestone. And what I found is that the things you needed to do were all very similar. My team and I started to create Trello boards that had cards in it that were very um, vanilla almost, like things that would apply to every B2B SaaS startup. And some of those were informed by the work that I had done at Microsoft, where I ran product marketing for Office for the B2B um, audience, which included launching Office 365 and, and creating the plan for that and all the marketing behind that. And there are so many patterns that started to match up that cre creating a book out of that was only a matter of time. It took a while. <laughs> um, and, and what you'll see in the book is a lot of the things we learned to do at Kalungi as well, where we do what's called growth as a service for B2B SaaS companies. Um, and, and the audience is really the leaders, the owners, the CEOs, the founders of these companies and the teams that they're building. When you, and, and it's very much focused on the, the post-seed, uh, post-incubation stage of growth. Uh, getting to MVP, getting your first maybe product out the door without a lot of external funding uh, is, a, is, a, is a part of the journey that's less focused. We have less focus on that in the book. I think there are many other books that do that. Uh, Zero to One is an example, The Lean Startup. What T2D3 is really focused on is the journey that comes after that. And that's also where the name of the book came from. Uh, an investor um, did an interview in... 2015, I think, with TechCrunch, uh, one of the battery ventures, ventures managing partners. And he used this term for the first time there, I think. I don't know if he came up with it. He's met, he said we have coined it. I've heard it in many other places also uh, from many other sources. It stands for triple your annual recurring revenue two years in a row and then double it three more years in a row. Uh, and so that, that article appeared in TechCrunch. Uh, I started hearing this term once in a while, used by VCs, sometimes by founders. And there's actually very little content uh, that answers the question, who do you, how do you do that? Um, and so as we started in the last four or five years, codify the work that both myself and then the team at Kalungi has done with early stage ventures to scale up, all B2B SaaS, to really build the engine, the foundation for exponential growth. Um, this was kind of a logical next format in addition to the podcast we do, the blogs we write, uh, to, to put it in a book. The, um, the main problem that it solves for, I think, and there are many topics that we address, but is that when you're a founder, CEO, a leader of a small company, and you're attracting venture capital or external capital, now you suddenly get, you have a new boss, right? You have your investors now that are going to hold you accountable. You have to learn how to manage up. <laughs> that's one thing that you need to get, go do. But that's not the most important, right? The most important is that you actually put that capital to work and get, this, get your company to the next stage. And there are three things that you will immediately start struggling with or that you usually see CEOs and founders struggle with. And their speed, scale, and, and getting the right skills, like these three S's. Speed is probably the most, the clearest to an early stage founder who just got venture capital. Now they, the clock started ticking. They are now being held accountable to a new set of expectations, a new set of rules. D2D3 is mostly a VC term. It's kind of what the investor now expects you to do after they give you their money. 
And they would like you to do that relatively fast. <laughs> VC capital comes is, is, has a relatively high risk profile. So most VC investors don't expect many of their investments to, um, to hit it big, uh, but they, they need a couple to hit it really big uh, to make the numbers work. And so they kind of hold all their investments, all their portfolio companies accountable to that same high bar. And sometimes that's described as T2B3. So now you're there sitting as a CEO or a founder and you've got a couple million dollars maybe in Series A or, or a big seed round and you now have to go fast. And how do you how do you speed things up? How do you build the right team? Um, and at the same time, you know, keep, you know, make sure you keep your customers. Um, all those things are really hard. That, so that scaling up is, is tough at the right speed. And there's a formula for that. So to do T2D3, um, you need to do a couple of things in parallel. You need to keep your customers. You need to grow ARPU, ARPU expansion. You need to diversify your demand gen channels. And, and those are really the things that we discuss in the book. How do you do that? Um, and partly because the, the third S is skills, right? It's hard for early stage companies to both attract and retain the right talent. Most marketing and sales talent or product-led growth talent, right? Those are kind of the three ways you can scale or in some sort of combination, market-led growth, sales-led growth, sometimes called inbound, outbound, and, and product-led growth. And for all those three, getting the right talent and keeping them is very hard, right? Series B, Series C companies that have a little more capital will, will steal anyone who's good <laughs> away from you. Uh, you. You're competing with Amazon and Google and Microsoft for that same talent pool. So it's challenging. And this book gives you a little bit of a head start with the skills that are also hard to hire so that you can maybe build your own team and you know hand them some of the, the playbooks and the templates to uh, to get going. So that's why we wrote the book, uh, Mike, and I'm glad you helped me with it <laughs> because a lot of this is um, not only what I experienced in the last 10, 15 years, but what we did at Kalungi when we worked with clients and, and how sort of we, we constantly evolved the methodology. Mm -hmm. And what would you say the, the balance is between things like stories through your own experience versus things like frameworks and, and stuff that people can actually take and go use in their day-to-day? -day. Yeah, we tried to make the book relatively practical and, and mostly a utility manual, like a field guide. Uh, so you find a lot of lists, a lot of simple tables, uh, exercises to do with your team, with your, um, with your customers sometimes. You know, how do you write up your first customer testimonial? Here are the 24 questions to ask. Here's what to do with the answers that you get on those questions. So a lot of it is very practical, Mike, um, but it also addresses some of the more strategic choices you're making as a leadership team, right? Around positioning, the big, what I call the big M marketing topics, like the, the, the go-to-market strategy choices you're making. And those are extremely hard often for early stage founders and CEOs because that's where you really need the more experienced marketing and sales talent to help you with those. And, and those are typically not affordable. Um, so the book has, I think, a, a balance. We try, try to address both those big M marketing topics that you as a CEO or a founder need to really lean into yourself. And then also a lot of sort of best practices and lists and templates of the tactical execution that your team needs to go do with this new uh, you know, investment that you just got. And one of the things I think is really cool about how you structured the book is you've kind of broken it into these different stages, right? So getting to MVP, then product market fit, and then um, scaling up and getting to T2D3. And so you have different priorities and things to do in each of those segments, which I think is really helpful because 
especially now there's so much information everywhere about all these different things that you could do to build a go-to-market. Should you be focusing on content? What kind of content? What kind of paid channels? Should you be doing partnerships, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's really difficult to filter out like this, the, the sequence for all those things. And I think what's, what I really like about T2D3, the book is that it, it gives you kind of a, a step-by-step at each of those stages to kind of go focus on, which is really nice. I think that's really helpful. Yeah, Mike, that's super um, important. Not only the fact that you have to do, you know, your MVP stage and then get the product market fit and T2D, but you have to do it in the right sequence. There, there are so many leaders who, yesterday we, we, we went to an event where we um, had, were fortunate to, um, to hear Andy Jesse speak, the new CEO of Amazon. And, and he had this saying, I think leadership, speed is a leadership choice, right? And he talked about strategic patience versus tactical impatience. And when a leader chooses to go fast, right? And often they are incented to do so by the investment they just uh, accepted. It is really important not to cut corners. You cannot go to, in the book we use the baseball analogy, you cannot get to third base without passing through second base. And and that's product market fit. You have to hit product market fit and you really have to hit product market fit. Not, it's kind of product market fit. <laughs> Good enough. You have to, you know, enough customers that actually pay and stay, right? And there's a lot of other things we talk about in the book that you, that define product market fit because that's the only way that you can actually achieve T2D3 growth after that by pouring the new, like the gasoline that you just received from your investors on the right fires, right? And at the right speed. And so the book, I think, tries to format the journey in those steps, MVP, product market fit, T2D3, and, and give you sort of not only instruments to see where are you, but then also how do you get to the next level. And Mike, what I really uh, found a super interesting exercise that you and I went through together, that was one of the reasons I think the book <laughs> arrives, uh, arrives a little later than we originally anticipated. I'm going to blame it on me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was super cool to see some of the questions you asked. Um, I have this framework that I came up with probably four or five years ago around matching the way you make your go-to market choices, for example, market segmentation, Right? Do you think of segmenting your market through firmographics, demographics, more traditional segmentation models? Or do you use more psychographics and job-to-be-done uh, frameworks? Because that is typically more suitable for categories that are still being formed, categories that are very immature, where you don't necessarily know what the function, what the job title is for someone who cares about what you are offering, right? And then right. demographic firmographic just doesn't work from a market segmentation perspective. Mm-hmm. There are no verticals yet that are clear, like beachheads for what you have to offer. So that whole chapter on going to market based on the right combination of market maturity and the, ma- the maturity of your own solution, right? right. Product market fit, MVP, etc., was a super interesting discussion that you and I had. How do you not only talk about that in theory, but how do you make it a little more practical, right? right? Because I think it's a, it's a new concept that we introduce in the book to look at both those journeys in parallel. Where are you in your journey with your product, with your solution? Where is it on that MVP, product market fit, T2D3 sort of journey? Mm-hmm. And where is the category that you're in, right? How mature is the ca- Because you need to look at both. Um, and, and I think what really helped me, and that only happened in the last couple of months, and we have a graph in the book now on this, 
called uh, makers and shakers. Um, to think about those two dimensions as really answering some tactical questions. Do you need to be ready to make a market, which means you have to educate a market, you probably have to go knock on some doors, do more outbound. There might not be enough inbound traffic yet because people don't even know what questions to ask yeah, in the yeah, Google search the engine. Yeah. Um, so that might be a reason to do certain things early on and then you need to invest in those. And then when you are more in a mature market, we call that like shaking, you have to now shake up the market, you have to nail a niche, you have to differentiate, niche down. You know, you need to be ready for that market to be relatively expensive, right? The clicks will be expensive there because there are many people maybe bidding on the same keywords. And so how to think about that, where are you on both those journeys to figure out, are you going to have to make the market or you have to go you know, shake it up and differentiate or disrupt it, right? Those would be the two strategies to shake up a market mm -hmm. um, where while you are making the market, you could be a dominate strategy, right? So. Yeah, it was just super cool in the last couple of months how we could add some of those things to the book that were definitely not not clear uh, a couple of years ago for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is maybe a... Let's see how this goes. Is there anybody that this book is not for? Who would you not recommend this book for? I think if you have people in your team who are just getting started with marketing uh, and sales... Um, it does provide opportunity for people to just go do stuff, uh, which might not be the right stuff, right? It might sure. not be in the right market with the right strategic direction. Um, so if you're not necessarily in the luxury position that you have a strong marketing leader who has done some of this before, um, then you as the CEO, the founder will have to lean in. You are the CMO. And, and then handing this book to maybe a college graduate who has not done this type of marketing before or someone who just you know recently graduated from an MBA might not work out well you probably need to lean in more yourself so the primary audience is, is founders and CEOs or their CMOs who have the executive um, experience to make some of these big choices and then it does help you enable really laser-focused execution, right? And then some of the chapters in the book are super useful for more junior team members. Like, for example, how do you do a customer testimonial interview? Sure. Or how do you set up your funnel? How do you do A-B testing? How do you run experiments? All these tactical things that you also need to go to. But I would, I would be careful to hand it to a more junior marketing team member without any adult supervision. Sure, without the right frame. Yeah. yeah. And the ability to get buy-in too, I think, you know, the the frameworks and the tools and the way that things are thought about in the book is really important for someone who is looking to level up in their marketing career. I think it, it helps you think about things more strategically, but yes, I agree. Like I think there has to be uh, a lot of what we talk about in the book requires executive leadership team buy-in and kind of agreement across the whole company that these are the things that we're going to go prioritize and it's not just marketing, it's also alignment with sales and customer success and the product team. So it's not just a um, marketing team responsibility to go execute on these things. And I think as a CEO or founder, you have uh, the role of being able to um, get buy-in across the whole team. Where can they find the book, Mike? On Amazon, for now. Amazon.com. If you... If you search T2D3 book, that'll get you there. Or if you go to T2D3.pro, 
you'll see the CTA and it'll take you to the website as well. Exciting. Yeah, we still got some work to do to get the audiobook done. Uh, but I'm so, so proud that we have a launch date for both the ebook and the, and the paperback. Um, yeah, and let us know what you think, uh, everyone on this who's listening to this podcast. We'd love to make the book better as well in the next edition. Uh, and we hope it's helpful. Absolutely. Plans for a sequel? Yeah, I think there's, a, we had, at some point I had 600 pages. Now the book is more, it's under 300 pages. It, there's a whole, book to be written on um, th- what comes after T2D3, which is sometimes coined as the you know, the route to 100 million ARR or the rule of 40. And that might be the, the, the title of the book, Mike, rule of 40. Uh, something that really talks about how do you now go from fast, high exponential growth mm-hmm. to making that growth profitable. And moving from a lot of companies in high expansion growth mode, they reduce churn by building big customer success teams, right? Which is which is fine, which is good. You know, it's a great way to get more customers to to build your beachheads, nail some niches. But when you get to need to go to profitability, you need to be able to do customer success, for example, with less, you know, uh, people investments. Your your product has to get better. The marketing uh, tools that you use, the nurturing, et cetera, to onboard people have to be less reliant on you hiring more customer success managers. So this rule of 40 um, stands for keeping your growth going, but also doing it in a profitable way. 40% basically being the, the sum of your compound annual growth rate and your profitability. Uh, and if those are both together add up to 40%, then you're doing something really well. Um, so this book is focused on that. How do you go from high growth to high profitable growth? And it addresses a lot of things we didn't get to in T2D3 around how do you build your first board of directors? How do you manage those as a CEO? What What is it you know, like to be on the board of a B2B SaaS company? What do you look for? How do you help these companies when you're a board member? Uh, investment topics, like how do you make your first pitches? How do you build your first pitch deck? How do you build um, maybe a community of advisors that help your company get to the next level? So a lot of these topics that are later staged that come after your initial Series A high exponential growth journey uh, will be covered in a book that uh, we should probably start writing right now. Let's get to it.